that is a quote. <laughs> Too bad we were not recording. I know, fuck! That would have been a we're great... get it together. Like, what just happened? Oh, it went away for a bit. That was the, um, the internet. Oh, sweet. All right. Here we go again some more. This week, we are talking about something near and dear to my heart, a cozy friend of mine. Um, <laughs> I like to call her imposter syndrome. Oh. Perhaps perhaps she's a friend of yours. Christina, do you know she her? Gets <laughs> she gets around. She gets around. She does her job. Do you know my friend imposter syndrome? I do. Okay. I do very much. All right. Well, the reason I bring this up is because of a little show called Game of Thrones. Have you oh. have you heard of that one? In passing, yeah. Yeah, Game <laughs> of Thrones. So yesterday on the place where I get all my news, Twitter, um, <laughs> all the important things happen right. there. Um, there was a Twitter thread. So let me break this down for you. The creators of Game of Thrones were at, I want to say, the Austin Film Festival. And they finally showed their faces after the disaster of <laughs> season eight and the disaster of those last few episodes of Game of Thrones. They're like, you know what? We're ready to face the public. I'm sure they Yikes. didn't think that because they don't care. Um, <laughs> but they showed up at Austin Film Festival. And based on the Twitter thread, it was a display of white male mediocrity like mm. I have never seen before. Love it. Astonishing, really. So here's the recap. I'm going to call them D&D. I believe that's what the internet calls them. Um, <laughs> so D&D were like, hey, you know what would be cool if we made a TV show based off, these, off of these books, Game of Thrones? And we'll just go to HBO and be like, hey, I know I don't have any experience and I know he doesn't have any experience either. But if you could please give us millions of dollars to make a show, that would be great. And then HBO was like, yeah, OK, sure. Why not? Um, white man, oh I'll God. give you millions of dollars to make a show, regardless of the fact that you don't have any experience in television production. Um, Jesus. And so they by their own admission go forward and make every single mistake possible while making the pilot the original pilot was 39 minutes long what 39 minutes <laughs> long and they handed that trash to hbo and hbo was like hey rose listen appreciate you but we're gonna need you to like fulfill your contract and if you could i don't know film 100 more minutes so that we actually have like a show that yeah. would be cool and they're like Jesus. oh okay yeah sure we'll go back and like write more stuff because it wasn't like they had source material right we'll go back <laughs> <laughs> and um, Damn. we'll write some more stuff and then they say, you know, and that, writing those extra 100 minutes and filming those extra 100 minutes really helped us to learn about the characters. What the fuck? They didn't know? <laughs> What's homework? Who, why, <laughs> why do you think that They learned would, on set? What's this about again? <laughs> why would you be prepared? Why would you have millions of dollars at your disposal with the sole purpose of Jesus making a television show and not know your characters mind you oh it was your God. idea right but you don't know the characters <sighs> so they then proceed to say like i, I think i did i say this already i don't know but they made every <laughs> mistake yeah. that they could possibly make while making yeah. the pilot and then yeah. continue to use game of thrones as a film school oh uh. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, for those of you who don't know, <laughs> that sound was uh, <laughs> part of my heart falling into my stomach, burning in the stomach acid. Thank yeah. you. 
yeah, yeah. they were like yeah you know so basically yeah. we used game of thrones as a film school because we had no idea what we were doing and uh. so we were just you know allowed to fail over and over again what and stumble f- into success and you, we decided early on that only we would be responsible for writing the episodes so when somebody asked them well how come you didn't have any i don't know poc or women in your writer's yeah. room they said oh no we told hbo we didn't want a writer's room so here you are oh my god to unproven television writers and producers given millions of dollars to create a show for one of the most elite networks on television yeah they say hey would you like a writer's room which one didn't know that it was a question right right, right. Know, right? <laughs> and like I, that's a lot of the difference between um people of color and yeah. women and white men is that we would not it would not have even occurred to us right to be like that oh, you could say, say no to no. yeah yeah <laughs> say, the fuck? i can say no but here you are these two white men they don't even know what they're doing but still feel confident enough <laughs> to reject help right <laughs> so it was like a really Ooh. long thread, and uh, you should go read it. I'm sure if you just like search it on Twitter, I don't recall who the person was who who did the thread, but I'm mm. sure you can find it easily. Um, mm. I yeah, that sound you're making—that's how I felt <laughs> as I was reading this. I felt actually insulted. Uh, I, 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 I felt I, the the. The white privilege on display, the mediocrity on display, and they were so proud of the fact <laughs> well, that they were allowed to fail. They made up. poopy in the potty. I mean, of course they're, of course they're proud. They're like little kids. They're like, look, and did you see? Not, I mean, it's not to say that they didn't do good work. My feelings right. about, you know, the last few seasons really of Game of Thrones, notwithstanding, they right. created the cultural phenomenon of our, of our time. Yeah, they did that. My issue is that how they were given the opportunity to accidentally nobody gets. (laughs) Yeah, nobody gets. Right. Nobody who is no person of color, no woman, no queer person is given the opportunity to stumble into greatness. Right. Why did it feel weird? We have to know everything. (laughs) Oh God, I know. Jobs and everybody else's jobs. And you're still questioned every day on set, every day of your fucking life. Of like, are you sure you know what you're doing? (laughs) It doesn't. Constantly, it never ends. It never stops. Right. Yeah. And then, so other people are questioning you, but also you're questioning yourself. Yes. And that's how we get back around to my good old friend, imposter Imposter syndrome, syndrome. which Mm. is like, damn should I be here? Yeah, right. <laughs> Am I, should I be in this room? Am I good enough to be having this conversation with these people? Do right. I have the skill set to do the things that I want to do? Have I put enough work in? You know, a lot of times these are just excuses to not do the thing. Right. Right. Sometimes they're or excuses fear. to not yeah. do the thing. I mean, but it all boils down to fear. Right. Wherever yeah. you start, that's where it all ends up in the first place. So I was reading this Twitter thread and I was like, well, fuck all of that. Yeah. I need to do everything. Yes. Like, I need to, anything that I am worried about, like, I don't know, can I, am I a good enough writer yet to write this story? Right. Which are actual thoughts that I have yeah. had, right? Things that uh-huh. I have like on the back burner, like, I don't know if I'm a good enough writer yet to tackle this idea. Maybe I should right. wait to, for some unspecified time in the future where I'm suddenly <laughs> better by my own ridiculously high standards and now right. I can't <laughs> yeah. I'm good enough uh, right. to write this thing. Or like, mm, directing, not really my bag. I don't know. I don't feel like doing it. Why? They had no Why? idea what the fuck they were doing. Yeah. They didn't care. Shit. 
kid. That's Some crazy. Some people handed them millions of dollars to not know what I they still, were doing. Mm, don't say it. <laughs> Every time you say some people handed them millions of dollars, it hurts it's inside of show, me. Like ever made? Uh, how did I, that I happen? You I still know. You know how it happened. Yeah. It's the They're privilege white. <laughs> of whiteness, specifically white, white maleness. Which, you know, they're the gatekeepers. They're yeah. the gatekeepers in Hollywood. So I was furious, but yeah. I was also um, excited that that fury led to the release of some like pent up reservations I had nice. about my own skill and what I yeah. may or may not be able to do. Who cares if I can't do it? Yeah. <laughs> like, who cares? Very true. Like, these are the same guys that wanted to make slavery fanfic with that show Confederate. <laughs> Imagine Jesus the confidence, fuck. right? I read somebody tweeted this on on the Twitter. They were like, "Imagine the confidence of two white men to walk into HBO and say, I want to make a show about modern day slavery." <laughs> oh, jeez. My guys. Same guys, but of course, now that I know the full story of how Game of Thrones came to be, of course they walked into HBO and said that. And oh, yeah. of course HBO was like, yeah, sure. Yes, let's do mind you, after the backlash, haven't heard anything right about it since since then and since they tried to like add after the fact, like black people <laughs> to the creator space. They're like, oh, maybe we should have like a black executive producer also so that we don't look like the worst of the worst. Jesus. But I don't know. What is your experience with imposter syndrome? I mean, I've had a lot of the same kind of, uh, you know, you always feel like you're not prepared enough. Um, that whole oh, I can, you know, down the road, I'll know more, you know, mm-hmm. once I've written 29 series and they've all been successful, then maybe then I'll be like a writer, right? <laughs> or, right. yeah, I mean, I know with, um, with Out in Love even, um, anytime that I've received positive feedback of like, yeah, you know, someone wants to join the team because they're like, yeah, this script was just so amazing. I'm always like, why are they trying to flatter me? My brain, <laughs> that's what it goes to. Anytime, an, like an actor, like anyone on the crew, I'm like, okay, okay, that, I get it. Don't worry, you're already working with me. And then I'm like, wait a minute, you know, they're, they're, not, they're volunteering their time. <laughs> and they're still like... I'm still thinking like, no, they're just trying to be nice. It takes me a minute and I'll, I'll be on a conversation with my mom and be like, you know, a lot of people like the writing. Like, um, it's kind of crazy. It's, it's oh, like, I'm it's not a, I'm a, I was like, I'm a, I'm a writer. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and even still, it's kind of like, it doesn't matter how many scripts I've written or things like there's just this feeling of like, oh. That that was okay. You guys like that? <laughs> like for real? <laughs> was that was that right? Our memories like, are really short when it yeah. comes to our own accomplishments. Oh, absolutely. I'm the first one who always is thinking like, you know, someone brings up some a project that I've done, and my first thought will be to say like, yeah, well, but that was just like a little thing. Like I was first figuring it out, and you know, I go into the mode of excuses and thinking like, yeah, but that doesn't prove anything where uh, in contrast to what you're explaining with a lot of you know people of privilege where they won't enter a room and ever downplay something if not it'll be the opposite it'll be like oh yeah you know I've never really done much but this one project oh the science fair in school like nailed it it was amazing. They couldn't have done it without me. Like they would just any little th- nugget. I've been in rooms with people like this at work, at in production meetings when I worked for a commercial house, uh, and, and you will see them just take any little thing and blow it up so huge. And me, like my instinct is to do the opposite. It's like I downplay any possible accomplishment, thinking okay, but I'm not there yet, you know, I don't have enough credits, or, you know, I, I don't know that I can go and toot my own horn if I've never been a showrunner. 
you're setting these goals that make me feel like okay pause the um it went out Ooh. I'm gonna save anyway it went out on showrunner we're setting these goals that are just you know higher expectations every time about how many qualifications I need to have in order to prove myself and is it just to me or am I proving myself to everyone it's it's kind of a bit of both really all the time it's a no-win situation like they have set us up to have to like beg to get into the room not Mm. even get into the room to have a conversation oh yeah first off right so they've already set the bar so high and we yeah. we know that it's not that high for everybody else, but we understand the bar is set super high for us. So yeah. the expectation is something that you really it's not meetable. Yeah. And it's not meetable because they don't actually want you to meet it. They don't. Right? It's so, kind of like you're set up to hear the no at all times and you have to outsmart them. Right. Because they, they want to be like, mm, you know, no, we actually do have to give it to the white guy because you don't have enough credits in this one thing or you know "Mm, yeah you you do you did work on film but this is television so uh, we're gonna have to pass or vice versa "Mm, you worked on tv but this is film so we're gonna have to pass it's all a setup so that they can say the no yeah easier it's like bargaining with the devil for some reason it's like find this loophole yeah (laughs) and it's like ah you got me and then finally like (laughs) satan stops you know and he's like fine you can have your show but just half an hour and then goes away (laughs) so is satan like (laughs) a leprechaun yes (laughs) i don't know it's like your version of satan is super weird (laughs) (laughs) really is I'm imagining a cartoon Satan, to be honest. Like, yes, and he's been foiled again. (laughs) Foiled again by us people of color. (laughs) Got him. Got him, yeah. That's what it is. Thought you you reached the line, but guess what? We moved it. That's Loophole. That's how it goes. They want us, you know, to keep striving and then they move the bar a little bit higher and so we set ourselves up for this idea where we have to achieve so much just to be able to have a conversation but it's all a lie it's all a lie look at the amount of like white guys who have gotten chances to do big time films yeah and when you look at their previous credits it's like a wasteland Oh yeah. There's nothing. There's nothing there. They'll be like, "Hey, cool. You want to direct Star Wars?" Like, <laughs> <laughs> yep. You know, would you like um, I don't know, 300 million or so. Mm. I know you've only done a short, but <laughs> like Yeah. I know you've only done some really low budget whatever film like super indie dramatic film but hey we have several hundred millions of dollars to play around with (laughs) just to give away yeah just to give away (laughs) and if you want to take a stab at it you know we believe in you (sighs) right (laughs) we believe we believe in you you're like oh but but then they'll have you know this is how they this is how they win right because now everybody's all about diversity and inclusion and so they want to be able to pat themselves on the back and say oh "Oh, yeah oh but look our writer's room is super diverse we have a whole ass black person in there or yeah we have just one entire black person the whole thing entire person oh and they're really black (laughs) yes Yes, or you know, a Latinx person or Latinx person, excuse right. me. Um, yeah. Or we have a queer person. We can only have one of each now, or right. one total. I don't know what I'm talking about. One of each. I don't know what fantasy yeah. world I'm living in. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I know. We can only have a biracial queer person who strikes all the boxes. Let's get get all the boxes. (laughs) And even better, if it's not like biracial white and something. If it's 
like two minorities mixed right and then then yeah, they got yeah, it. yeah. i'm gonna pause they're you're, like you're going yeah to, they're like perfect i'm gonna pause take i don't out know the what's mall. happening i'm pausing now we get a grant <laughs> so something I, i'm gonna delete that so something i said about this um to my therapist because this is what we talk about <laughs> making it um so i was like <laughs> love it i was like hey you know what i saw on twitter <laughs> i'm gonna talk to you about my rage about this uh game. i was like do you watch game of thrones i already know she watches game of thrones because we already talked about how it's trash that's also what we talk about in therapy um <laughs> <laughs> love it so she's like yeah uh but i didn't know how she felt about season eight so i always want to i just want to know because yeah. i just from from a screenwriting standpoint it infuriates me that entire season right um oh you know what sidebar something else they said during that twitter thread was how they don't care about feedback <laughs> this just keeps getting this isn't real <laughs> i can't the, oh so go on please yeah, they don't they don't care about feedback somebody was like hey do you go online or do you listen to what the fans have to say and one of them said it's he's like it's irrelevant to me what they think wow <laughs> So who cares? Who cares what the fans have to think? Yeah, it's the not like they make the show exist right. or not. You know, because yeah. I mean, good luck with all your success without people to actually watch it. Right. Um, yeah. Who are you making this for? <laughs> if it's not for who? <laughs> not fans. <laughs> right. I'm like, what the? All right. Not fans. And then the other guy said he went online one time, but it really upset him. Oh, I'm fragile male ego. Oh, oh my oh. god. <laughs> they didn't like it. Nah. <laughs> Jesus. But I just imagine going through life not without feedback. Caring <laughs> about feedback when you're an that, artist. I mean, period. Mm, like like yeah. just in in general, you should yeah. be getting feedback from somebody in your life right. to tell you like, "Hey, get your shit together." <laughs> Like yeah. you're messing up. Let's maybe let's pull it. Let's pull it together. You need somebody in your life to be truthful with you. But yeah. specifically from a creative standpoint, how do you not care what people have to say or think? Granted, sometimes fans are doing too much. Right, right. right. And they would think there's they a run line. The show, yeah. They don't. But sometimes the critique is legitimate. Right. And you have to be able to tell the difference between those things when, you know, just because you created it doesn't mean that it's the best version of itself. Yeah. And maybe somebody is saying something that can make it better if you're just willing to accept that perhaps you're not all right. And you already know you're not all right because you made a 39 minute pilot mm. out of a book that's a thousand, <laughs> two thousand, a hundred million pages. Anyway, yeah. my anger, man, it's like <laughs> <laughs> I, I just I feel the same. Not be angry about this because it's I feel so like absurd. They represent. I feel like I serve at my restaurant that exact man every day. <laughs> All of those people, like I was thinking, like who, what kind of people go through life like never wanting feedback? I'm like, yep, I know this white man. <laughs> like I. I've dealt with him a lot. He's always the one that yells at me and doesn't tip. Yes. Hey. <laughs> I, I know that person. Yikes. Yes. Yikes. <laughs> so what I was, why I started this line of, of, of conversation was because I said to my therapist, I'm like, you know what? Um, this is, I was like, one, this has made me very angry because I realize I'm more angry at myself because I expect white white men to white men, you know? It's right. what they do. But mm -hmm. more like angry at myself for not um realizing the jig sooner. Right. And like re releasing myself from it sooner. From the ch yeah. You know? Yeah. And and she said to me, she goes, "Well, you know, she's like, you know, you have a lot of um 
qualities that will help you be successful because you know they're gonna eat they're gonna eat a lot of this stuff up that's a paraphrase <laughs> like um <laughs> you, uh, like places like hbo they're hiring people of color and and queer people and, and stuff like that and i said yeah they are but i don't want to be anyone's diversity initiative oh yeah i'm not trying to be their token that they get mm. for inclusivity i have no um desire to knock on the door anymore and ask for entrance i would like to stop perpetuating this master slave situation that we got going on and it perpetuates itself in all different arenas of of life but when you look at the entertainment industry white people white men specifically have had that thing under lock and key for so long and yeah. it's now they're not even like opening the doors and like hey everybody come on in let's make this an open space so everybody can work and have equal opportunities to do so they're like actually we're going to create a tent outside we're going to create a tent outside so that you guys can go into the tent and then we'll pick a few people out of the tent that we decide are good enough and then we'll give you a ticket and then you can come in right to the other side of the gate that's what's happening in my opinion that's what's happening with yes. all of these diversity and inclusive inclusivity initiatives yeah i mean i hopefully people can hear my sighs and my <laughs> deep breaths throughout this entire episode because i i feel like i've seen this a lot i, I think i mentioned this maybe early on first episode or the first couple of episodes of the podcast I might have already gotten into this at one point but I I have worked at places in production where uh, when hiring an intern or a PA I've been asked like oh well can you fill out this form like there there's something else right like I, I don't know like have you asked them where they're from and I'm like what do you what are you trying to get at and then they're like you know because I think because we get a certain amount of like you know uh not a discount but they get tax rebates back well I mean it was like uh if they if for everyone they have on the crew that's a diversity hire of some kind they get extra like tax kickbacks or something for the production so they had these forms always that i had to give anyone who was on the production who was of color to fill out that was basically like a declaration of like hi i'm of color <laughs> i'm like that's it that was it basically and then they would put that in their little production binder and um you know it, it would work out for their production but many times i was told to swap things out in the payroll so that for instance they wanted to use a uh an intern who was white as the actual PA because they really liked her uh, but they had me write down as if it was our uh, intern of color who was on the production so that they could still get the money the points yeah the points like how like fucked all of that it's like well like all of it just the way it works the way that companies use it as little cheats right as little things to get what they want but at the end of the day why those initiatives were created are still not working right because the whole point was to get di diversity into these productions to give people a, a chance who don't get that chance and instead it's still like no that that person of color did not get to be on the production and get any PA experience. They didn't get that. It was this white girl who did. And I hate that I know that. Yeah. And, and that I was a part of that in any way. Did they think you were white? Oh my God. So they thought a lot of things about me. At first, you know, it took them a while because, uh, <laughs> 
I'm what a lot of people like to call sometimes ethnically ambiguous. And by mm. a lot of people, I mean white people. <laughs> but, <laughs> but they're just like, what are you? And, and mm. just so, what is that? And I'm like, uh, get out of my face. So exotic. <laughs> yeah, I know. Yeah, oh my God. If I had a nickel. <laughs> exotic. They love that. They love to throw that in. Like, it's going to make me feel really sexy or something. I'm just like, what? Shout out to Glitter, by the way. Right. <laughs> yeah. I don't know if you... <laughs> are familiar yes. with that excellent film yes i am <laughs> it's my, one of my favorite lines of all time oh my god <laughs> continue yeah. yes yes but so they knew with time when they realized that i was um uh, cuban they were like one of my bosses said, oh my God, you know what would be hilarious? Oh God. If we recorded the company voicemail in Spanish. And I was like, what? What? <laughs> I was like, why? What? Why would it be and hilarious? He's like, cause you, he's like, you can do it because you speak Spanish. He's like, how hilarious would that be? People would call and it's just Spanish. And I was like, What? Not was, even remotely funny. Right. Not like, funny at all. And it was so weird and uncomfortable. And I was just like, um, I'm not going to do that. And they were like, he was just like, just an idea. And then he walked away. And I was like, why? This sort of video podcast and disgust on my face. Like, I, know, I was just like, why do I have to be the one in this office? I was like, why? You know what's why? hilarious? People who speak another language. Right. Uh, uh, An entirely different culture. Right. Oh my God. Right. Spooky. It's so funny. I know. Shut up. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. So, I, I feel like that whole idea of tokenism and diversity hires, I get you. That feeling of not wanting to be a part of that, also because it's a scam. It it's, is a scam. It's a scam, and it's not one, fair. Right? And then yeah. they feel oh, yeah. like they don't have to hire anymore. Oh my God! They're yeah, like, oh, we got our one. We're good. Right. We can only we can hire all white people from here right. on. We don't have to think about it anymore. And just like in the case that I just stated, or they underutilize the person that they do hire. They don't put any responsibility on them or use them for anything legitimate. They just have them on there, like on deck. Like, so that if someone comes and takes the tour, like, oh, <laughs> there, come here. There's our person. <laughs> Here's our diversity hire. Now shake hands and go back. Like, it's so... So much like offensive. being in a yeah, it's offensive. It's like being in a zoo. It's horrible. Like they, they kind of. It's just like something that's mentioned as an anecdote. So whoever's getting to know this company can feel like, oh well, well look at them, really They're inclusive, right? Really inclusive. Oh yeah. Badge. I know. You know. And it's just whatever, whatever they get, the pat on right. the back, whatever yeah. it is. It's gross. I, I hate all of it. I just, <laughs> I hate all of it, and that's why. I'm like, I just don't want to be a part that of person, the system yeah. at all. And yeah. it's a harder it's a harder road for sure. It would be much more difficult for me to succeed without playing the game. Right. I understand that, but I would rather fail on my own terms than have to yeah. ask to be let in to the building. Yeah, you know, or be let into the building, but at a lower, you know, not not a lower being rate, yeah. paid my worth and oh. not being valued for for what I am worth and having to continuously prove that I'm good enough. Yeah, you know, I got to do all of, all of that enough by myself. I don't need yeah. to. <laughs> yeah, I know people also. Jeez, I mean, and and it happens everywhere we talk a lot about writers rooms and behind the scenes and i've mentioned a lot of times about how it's like for casting because it's you know i've watched commercials ad agencies come in and say that they're looking for um they want to get see a lot of diversity in who comes to audition you know they're like yeah yeah we want to we want to see like you know um uh, a black couple we want to see like uh some latino couples this that like they'll, they'll bring in a sheet filled with like all of these ethnicities right and then then i see it cast and i and i see the final product and i was like wait those are two white people <laughs> i was like wait what and it was like the lead woman 
she just was like I guess had a good tan mm. um and so I think they had her playing a kind of ambiguous like maybe like Latina kind of per- figure but she she was definitely white um and I was like wait a minute so they just went that route um and then I think they had one like quick like there was like a black like in one part of the commercial it was just what I read of what they wanted to what they actually chose in contrast was the reality and it was yeah and it and it's so frustrating because why just the fact that they go through all of these hoops of like lying just you know just trying to pretend like oh yeah no we're really open we want to like really mix it up we want a lot of diversity in this set of ads that we're gonna do but then when they choose they're all white people and it, it's it's just what like okay well just don't even disguise it anymore right right just because it's even more offensive to play this game I mean, at least let everyone know who you are and what kind of a company you represent and what you're trying to do so that I could stay away from you. Right, right, right. <laughs> you know? Don't do the whole, like, oh, yeah, let's put out this casting notice because we really want, you know, we want to show inclusivity. And then like, at the end of the day, when it's time to make the choice, everyone you choose is a white person. Like, But they think they're woke. Right. They do. <laughs> That's the thing that frustrates me. They, and I'm like, what did you... What? How you know I, and I mean this isn't even. I mean, yes, people will say it's gotten better, and yes, we are. There are things are moving forward. Pause. I always have to remember. Pause does not mean freeze. <laughs> it is frustrating, and. I mean, it happens in all, all walks of life. I have, I have had a supervisor in my regular all-day job who likes to explain racism to me all the time. <laughs> my supervisor is a white man, lovely guy. What the hell? Like honestly, he's he's a cool guy, you know. Yeah. But he's um, woke and. Uh, <laughs> He oftentimes likes to have in-depth conversations about race with me. Mm. I don't know what it is about me, why a lot of um, white men like to have these conversations with me, but it's a theme in my life, actually, Jesus. that this happens. So, um, yeah, he, he's like, you know, I find the phrase white privilege offensive. That was oh. the new thing. Oh, I've heard this before. Let me continue. I, I find this is the good. phrase white privilege offensive. I'm like, well, it shouldn't be because yeah. like, you shouldn't take it personally. It's not about you know, what you yourself have done against right. people of color. Yeah. You know? It just means that, yes, you have struggled in your life or perhaps you know, you have str- whatever struggles you've gone through, whatever hardships you've gone through, they weren't because of your race that's right. all it means it doesn't yeah. mean you didn't work hard to get where you are it doesn't yeah. mean you didn't have struggles it doesn't mean you weren't perhaps um economically disadvantaged when right. you were growing yeah. up it doesn't mean any of those things it just means that those things were not because of your race exactly. and not because of systemic racism right. that's what it means and he was so um reluctant uh, to receive that, you could I could see it in his yeah. body. You yeah. know how resistant he was to even hearing it. And I said, well, I mean, it's strange to me how difficult it is for some white people to accept the idea that they have privilege when yeah. I can accept the idea that I have privilege yeah. as a black person. You know, there are people who are black or who are any other number of minorities who have not had the same experiences that I have had, who have not had the privilege to go to the same schools that I have had, who do not, who have not had the privilege to 
you know, go to college and come out of it debt free. Yeah. You know, so I understand that there are cases in which I have experienced a certain privilege and yeah. I don't get why I can recognize that. But but others they yeah, can't. but they can't. <laughs> I mean, I feel the same way. I mean, I have experienced a lot of white privilege, I feel like, because you've um, experienced white privilege? Yeah, because a lot growing up getting hired at jobs and whatnot mm. a lot of places my last name doesn't give away too much my last name Pupo a lot of people don't know what it is sometimes they thought it was Polish so since I kind of just you know my skin was fair whatever they wanted to decide I did not ever really most people never knew growing up or even now sometimes that I'm uh, of a Hispanic background or anything like that. Right. Um, especially when, you know, a job or someone who doesn't know me and hiring me. And so I feel like I've always gotten a lot of that privilege of just being treated like just, you know, any other old white girl just coming in here. And yeah. there hasn't been a lot of scrutiny over it where I've worked with other people or I know other people within my own family who have experienced a lot. My, my brother, um, my brother uh, a lot of times has told us stories just um, at the airport or whatnot, just different places he he a lot of times people assume that he is um muslim or um you know from take your hand away from sorry, your sorry, face sorry sorry <laughs> start uh, again from my brother okay. please <laughs> okay sorry my brother um a lot of times um because of uh the color of his skin and just his features um people will think that he is muslim or um of Arab descent. Yeah, exactly. And and they'll treat him as such, which is never positive, unfortunately, in this country. And well, and they'll I mean, treat him in a racist way. Yeah, exactly. Just the right, yeah, yeah. And they'll be racist or they will um, kind of wonder, you know, put him aside um, if he's like, oh, um, asking more questions when um at the airport and whatnot just he he basically just has it a little tougher and yeah racism um <laughs> that's what that's called yes <laughs> and and just um people within my same family that i feel like have been treated a certain way that it took me a long time to be treated that way i was very very privileged and lucky, just very lucky, because till I, I don't think it was until I was living in, um, outside of Miami, which, you know, is kind of like an oasis uh, for any Latin, really Latinx person. Yeah, it's, it's a different bubble that you grow up in. Because, you know, there's a, people from South America, Central America, uh, the islands, just all over. and Very and you, culturally mixed. Yes. And that's not to say there's not racism. There's a lot of that. Um, yes. And there's still a lot of segregation. Yes. But... But Ooh, we have a whole right. <laughs> yeah, there's a lot of all of that. Yeah, still. So, but in comparison, but it is its own kind of country in a way. I don't know. It's very different when you leave and when you grow up in Miami, especially as someone who is uh, Latinx, and you leave that bubble and then you go to the rest of America, as we refer it to. Um, it's it's the first time you start to realize that you are not white. Woo! Woo! <laughs> <laughs> Woo! I'm glad you said it, because listen. Yeah. <laughs> I, I feel like there are quite a few um, Latin folks who think they are white oh, until know. they leave Miami. Yep. And this is people that I know. And I'm I try sure. to explain to them that, like, you feel good here. Here, you're the, ma the majority. Right, yeah. You know? Once you leave Miami-Dade County, 
Once yeah. you leave, I'll say once you go further than Palm Beach, yeah, the white people are gonna let you know that you're not white. Yeah. Oh, I know, and they let you know right away. And, yes. yes. <laughs> yeah, and it's it's um it's a shock to a lot of people uh, that I know who were raised in Miami, and then they they feel so targeted all of a sudden. Mm-hmm. I'm like, yeah, well, this is the way that it's always. Yeah, this is how it always is. You've just been in a very safe cultural bubble, right? Right. Uh, that has let you feel like there are, you know, in which, you know, that's Your its own thing. Your culture is the predominant culture. Exactly. You know. And, I mean, it's it's really interesting, though. Uh, but, I mean, even when I was living in New York, I ran into an old friend from high school. And she was white. It is white. She's still alive. <laughs> like, we not kill people. Um, but I remember we were all out and we were like... Um, having drinks, me and her and some of her friends catching up about old times, and I uh, I pointed out something on a menu, and I was like, "Oh, they have a Cuban sandwich here, or something." Or something where I said something about I'm Cuban, and she started laughing hysterically, and she's like, "Christina, stop!" She's like, "You're so funny," and then she turned to her friend, she's like, "She's not Cuban, but we went to school with a lot of Cubans," and I was just like, <laughs> and "I was like, wait," and it was so uncomfortable. I was just like. Uh, well, but I am Cuban, you know, and she was just like, <laughs> she just Silly couldn't get girl. enough. Talking yeah, about your Cuban. right. So and she, and then, and then the conversation just ended there. It just like drifted, and other things happened, and it just stayed in my mind. I was like, that was a weird glitch. I was like drinking. I was like, whatever. Then it happened like again at some point where I said something to a friend of hers of like, yeah, no, I, I do speak Spanish because like, um, you know, my parents are Cuban. Like I went into, and she was just like, she's like <laughs> that again. <laughs> I know. It's just like Christina, you're killing me. And then I realized too that she didn't know because. I was telling her once about my husband, who is Cuban, and she's like, oh, I, I said something like, yeah, and his parents are Cuban, and she's like, oh, he's Cuban, and she's like, oh, man, that must be crazy, and I was just, oh, God. <laughs> I was just like, crazy, crazy, because... What? <laughs> it was so weird. And I gotta say, no matter how many clarifications I met, I don't know that she knows <laughs> to wow. this day that I'm actually not the safe white girl she thought I was. What's the, the racial demographics of your school? You say you My went school, to Gables, I went right? To, yeah, I went to Gables. Gables was, I still want to say it predominantly Hispanic but I'm not sure I mean there was a lot I feel like our, probably more white people than is normal for my yeah idea, yeah we did have a I feel like we had a pretty sick at least in my grade I don't know in the classes I went to there was a lot of white kids I remember that um but it was still you know this is a whole thing too I mean there I mean, was like segregation within segregation within like within groups there are groups and this you know racism goes very far I mean um, I would like to give a shout out to all of the who are we going we getting deep in the weeds now but <laughs> <laughs> started with uh, open the door films, but yeah you know, I would like to give a shout out to the kids in my high school uh, that I went to both middle school and high school with. Didn't know that they were any kind of uh, Latinx until senior year of high school when they needed to apply for scholarships. Oof. And then suddenly everyone spoke Spanish. Yeah, and suddenly like, they're like well, wearing the flags. Like, <laughs> I've been going to school with you since thirteen. Yeah, how can it be that you've ignored at least in school this yeah. part of yourself until it became relevant? Yeah, to getting that money. So you know, shout out to them. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but and this is like the huge issue with all of these. Um, with racism, these programs, the way things work, it's the fact that, you know, we're kind of, a lot of people 
get raised with this, if you're a minority, with this idea of like, try to be as passable to white as you can be. Mm. Wow. I mean, I just. <laughs> oh, barf. Like, I, just... <laughs> I know. I, I, I know. And I, and it's this like kind of this idea that their kids will have a better chance if, if, if everyone thinks that you are American and white yeah and no one's going to like that way you won't be um I mean it's a fact right it's a fact fact. but it's it's a horrible horrible sickness though because this is what keeps happening this is what happens with a lot of um race against race kind of uh uh like self-hatred animosity yeah you know, self-hatred like, this idea that like oh we all you know uh well i hate uh latinos because they're this way and latinos are against blacks and then everyone's like saying something about this asian dude and it's like all of this hate that ends up happening with within these minorities rather than everyone realizing like okay wait a minute we're fighting because any of you yeah yeah any of us rather exactly and they're taking away everything from all of us and instead of us trying to just rise up Mm -hmm. and and as who we are and trying to give each other this leg up that we need in order to get where we need to go it's kind of implanted in our brains by you know colonialism and everything of hey, we need to just, let's dance for the white man. (laughs) somebody's got to be better. Right, yeah, someone's got to be better, yeah. Someone has to be on the bottom so that somebody else can be on top. Right. It was so interesting to me when I moved out of Miami and moved to um, Texas, a couple (laughs) of things were interesting. The first being that a lot of um, people of Mexican descent in Texas did not speak Spanish and that's neither here nor there really it was just shocking to me coming from a place in which like Spanish was the expectation yeah you know oh yeah you walk into a place assuming (laughs) then it would just start speaking to me in Spanish didn't matter what your skin color was or anything like that totally irrelevant they expect that everyone speaks Spanish yeah and so I went to when I went to Texas, it was really interesting the differences between you have two um, populations in which predominantly uh, the folks are Latinx, but in one situation they some of them didn't even or they didn't know Spanish or right. they refused to speak it hmm. in like with another person who spoke Spanish. You know, so yeah. if you spoke Spanish to them, they would respond in English. Right, and right, I was like, right. Oh, this is this is a bit weird. weird. <laughs> yeah, it's different. Like, yeah, it's like this is a bit odd <laughs> for me, and I, I just wanted to dig into like why why that is. Like, why have you removed that part of yourself? I mean, we know why, but right yeah (laughs) but it was just it was fascinating um but something else that i realized when i moved there was that there was a lot of sort of i don't know not animosity maybe discrimination Mm. i guess between different latinx people Oh yeah, like well that's always Mexicans versus yes. Colombians versus Puerto oh. Ricans versus you know oh, it is it is I was like, very real. What's happening? Oh, I know. It is I very real. I did not know that that was I really had no idea that that was a thing. Yeah, well I, I was I, explaining this actually recently at work to um one of my Australian coworkers uh just about we went on this whole road of you know it started with me talking about the different dialects of Spanish and how some countries think they have the best Spanish over the other countries which is a thing and there there is a lot of racism and discrimination between countries uh, within um, South America Central America uh, all of it I mean it's very confusing, honestly, to me. 
I it's the way I feel about all of it. Where I'm like, what what are we doing? But right. and even even taking race aside for a second, and then even just thinking about the dynamic between women, it's kind of a similar thing. Where if you speak to a lot of um, and I say older women because I'm thinking that this is changing, but maybe it, it isn't changing. But this idea has always been put into the head of women that you have to kind of step on each other to get to the top. Like there could only be one woman on top. There's room for one woman. So instead of helping each other out, you know, it's this idea because I've always wondered why um, I've growing up, I've always heard these tropes and these things of like women are catty and women are will backstab you to get ahead and all of these things. And I'm like, what? Why? The why are we set up to feel this way? And it's because again, the white man in power, who is offering one slot to one person of each thing. You know, mm-hmm. it's kind of like there's not room for many black people, just one black person, preferably a black man, right? And then there's not a lot of room for many women, just one woman, preferably. Let's get in a white woman then. You know, and it's just like we're designed to fight within each other because we're 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 playing into this system where it's they decide for us how many slots and opportunities they will give us. Mm-hmm. And that's the bullshit that needs to stop because we need to be the ones creating the opportunities instead. And we need to be the people opening the doors to each other rather than playing that same game over I and mean, over. That's a whole word you just spoke. Like <laughs> that's that is why I'm doing what I'm doing. That's why you're doing what you are doing. That's why oh, yeah. we uh met at Clexicon right. and, and <laughs> yeah. connected and understood one another on that level and it's the understanding that it's time to take charge yeah. of the narrative. Yeah. You know exactly. Like let's stop allowing them to write our stories. Yes. Ugh. I mean, Sorry, if I could slow clap, this would be my time where I'd stand up. Mm, just one big slow clap. Yes. I mean, first step, out in love. Yes. Hey. Next, the world. <laughs> then we will take right. over. Yeah. But, you know, that's what it is. You have to start small, but you yeah. have to start. And to tie it back into... Um, an infinity ago when we started with, uh, <laughs> with Twitter and uh, Game of Thrones, yeah, that's really what that thread taught me. Just do it. You ha- it yeah. doesn't matter. It doesn't matter if you think you're good enough. It yeah. doesn't matter if you actually aren't right. good enough. Nobody cares. Yeah, just do it. Do the work, and then. Maybe it's great, maybe it's not, but you did it, and then the next thing will be better. And then the next thing after that will be better. Build your body of work. Whatever it is that you're doing, if you're a writer, if you're a director, whatever it is you want to do, just start doing it. Put that first word on the page, read that first book, and pick up a camera, I don't care if it's your phone, and shoot something for two minutes. Make a two-minute movie. I mean, honestly, making a two-minute movie is probably harder than making a coherent <laughs> two-minute movie. Uh, it's yeah. probably harder than making right. a feature film. But just make something and keep making it. And who cares what the white man has to say? Right. Because honestly, the time is now. Yes. This is the time. We need these stories. Yes. We need these perspectives. We need to be rewriting our narrative. And we need to do it together. And the way to do it is to just get out there, put yourself so that other like-minded people as well could get in on this. Yes. Because collaboration is key. And the only way that can happen is if you start uh, putting away those no's in your brain and all of those barriers, put them aside and just put things out there for the world to take in because the world wants it. There's a reason things are changing. We want this. And it is time to stop making excuses and just start making work. So listen, how about this? If you are listening to this podcast and you have an idea, you maybe want to get into this business and you don't know where to start. Yeah. Yeah. Do you live in Los Angeles? That's the first question. If you do, I want you to reach out to us, okay? Yes. Reach out to us at Instagram, 
Out in Love series on mm-hmm. Instagram. I mean, we're out. We're at Out in Love series wherever you want to look. Reach out to us um, via email, which yeah. is Out in Love series at gmail.com. Reach out to us. We will be filming November 9th and November 10th. We're yes. filming the pilot November 9th and November 10th. And if maybe you've never been on a set before and you want to come see how it's done, maybe you're just looking to add more experience um, yeah. to your resume and you want to come and join the team. If any of those things apply to you, just reach out. Maybe you just want to chat. Yeah. Reach out. Talk to us. We, we got down a lot for to a say, chat. Yeah. <laughs> we got lots and lots and lots yeah. to say. And more importantly, you know, we're doing this, but we're not here to do it by ourselves. We want to build a team, build a tribe, and bring everybody with us. So on that note, come talk to us. Yeah. Holla at your girl, as they say. (laughs) (laughs) Christina, where can the people find you? You can find me at Christina Pupo, and that's Christina with a K, and Pupo is P-U-P-O, and that's everywhere you look. And you can find me at Elishia the Great. That's E-L-I-S-H-I-A. That's also the name of the website and where this podcast lives. If you haven't done so already, I know as soon as you finish listening to this, you're going to go and follow us on all the social medias. All the things. Okay. You're going to follow us on Apple Pods or whatever the heck it's called. Apple Podcasts. (laughs) Wherever you listen to your podcast, make sure you're subscribed. Hey, maybe leave a review. We'll love you forever if you do. Thanks, guys. Bye. Thanks. Bye.